and welcome to another episode of the Todd Pod, episode number seven. And joining me is an old friend. He is Chisholm Holland, as we are two weeks into the college football season, week two coming up this week. But everyone said last week, Chisholm, we're back. You know just as well as I do. We're not back until the NFL is back. And this week we are back. And I wanted to break down some NFL action, not just for this week, but for the entire season. And you're one of the best guys to do that. Before we start, though, I would like to remind you that your Eagles lost in the Super Bowl last season. What say you? Whoa! Right off the top, bro. Hey, man, I can't help it that the officials had it against us. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I know they called one one holding or one pass interference all game, right? Yeah, something like that. Only one, and it happened to be on the most important play of the game. That's just yeah. how it generally works. Yeah. Uh, no, your Eagles are going to be a force to be reckoned with this year, and we will certainly get into that. Listen, I'm a glutton for punishment myself, Chisholm. I had a fantasy football draft on Labor Day. And would you like to guess who my starting quarterback is as a Green Bay Packers fan? Well, there's only two answers here, right? It's either the, the love you knew or the love you found this year. I'm going to go Jordan Love. It's, I'm going to guess you're a big believer. He's my backup. Aaron Rodgers is my starter. <laughs> We're getting the whole gang back together. We're getting the whole gang back together for there you go. the uh, the Lisenby football team this year as we look to win in uh, in the fantasy auction league that you used to be in with me. So we'll even throw in a little fantasy football uh, sneak uh, sleeper picks for you as well in this episode. But let's start right off the top, Chisholm, with Aaron Rodgers. It kind of feels like the Jets are win or failure with Aaron Rodgers, like win a Super Bowl or failure in a very crowded AFC. Do you see this, what's probably a two-year experiment, being successful for the Jets? I, you know, truthfully, Todd, I don't want to. I don't want to punt on the first question, but it's hard to know, right? Like Aaron Rodgers was not great last year. Um, he was fine, mediocre at times, but he was not the two-time MVP who he was the years prior. And so, are we getting that Aaron Rodgers, or are we getting a, a forty-year-old version of Aaron Rodgers that's pretty good some days, but pretty mediocre others? Right? Like, it's hard to know. Wait, the wait, Jets. Wait, def- wait, 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 time out. Did you say a forty-year-old version of Aaron Rodgers or forty-year-old? Yes, version yes, yes. Version, version, version. Okay, just want to be very sure. clear on the record. Thank you. Just making sure. I can't, spe- I can't speak to the other one, Todd. I don't know. He might be. I, I can't. I don't know. Um, when it comes to the Jets, though, everyone likes talking about the defense, and understandably so. It was great at the beginning of the year. It kept Zach Wilson's career alive for like six weeks for no apparent reason. After their bye week, which was in week 11, no turnovers from there to the end of the season. Didn't force one. And so the defense kind of fell off. And that's why the Jets, you know, who were very high in the playoff standings, began to fall down. The quarterback was a big reason to blame for that. But the defense also regressed a little bit. Sauce Gardner's great. They obviously drafted some guys up front as well. Um, You know, Will McDonald, who we're familiar with here in Big 12 country. But, like, everything as a whole has to be what it was in the first seven weeks of last year and not what it was in the last seven weeks of last year for the the hype train that it's been to even get there. And that's not counting Aaron Rodgers at all. So, in my in my estimation, I think there's a lot more factors at play for the Jets in their season than just Aaron Rodgers, and that's, when I'm, that's how everyone's chalking it up. So, to answer your question, I would say I would be shorting the Jets this upcoming year because, I again, Brees Hall's injury coming in. What does Dalvin Cook look like joining camp late? the defense that I talked about, and they might have one of the 10 worst offensive lines. I mean, it's just a lot of things that the Jets had to figure out before they even get to the quarterback. Well, the way Aaron Rodgers has worked, if the uh, running backs don't work out, he'll give Eddie Lacy a holler or something and see if he's got the <laughs> See if he's available? Yeah, he's yeah. been getting the whole gang back together. Uh, let's talk about the quarterback position because, you know, you, you can't win in the NFL nowadays, Chisholm, without a good quarterback. So 
we kind of know that top tier of quarterback who they are. Who's the best quarterback that nobody's talking about in the in the NFL this year that could I don't want to say single handedly, but could because of how good they are, kind of elevate their team to another level. Sure. I, so I, like the popular answers, taking these off the table, Trevor Lawrence is a, is a guy who people talk about all offseason, uh, taking a leap with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm going to go on the record. I like Trevor Lawrence this year. I like Jacksonville's offense. I, hate, I don't care for their defense a whole lot, but I, I, that would be a guy who'd be at the front of my mind. But to come up with a different answer and talk about this from a different perspective, someone who I think who has been washed through the laundromat of storylines and been at the, the top of every sports show for a couple of years is Lamar Jackson. It had nothing to do with who he was on the field. Lamar Jackson's contract was a big topic conversation about was he or was he not going to get this fully guaranteed contract that he was trying to posture for. He did not get a fully guaranteed contract. He got a lot of guaranteed money, but that's all behind him. And now we just don't talk about Lamar Jackson anymore. He was the youngest MVP in NFL history at one point in time. The guy's gotten to the playoffs a couple of different years, and his, you know, his statistical resume is pretty extraordinary. The playoff success has not been there. Jim, not Jim, John Harbaugh uh, is one of the better coaches in the NFL and has found a way, similar to Mike Tomlin, to be in the playoff mix every single year, largely based off defense and special teams uh, and kind of making the offense work around Lamar, bringing a guy like Todd Munkin. Things are really interesting. And so I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is the quarterback no one's talking about because he has an MVP season coming. I'm saying Lamar Jackson is the quarterback no one's talking about because if Todd Munkin can renovate this offense if Odell Beckham Jr. has a resurgent or for Sean Bateman a guy who they drafted a couple of years ago um has a you know has a big season the Ravens get really interesting because that defense was great last year the offensive line has been pretty good over the past three or four years Lamar Jackson's injuries have obviously been a big concern so him staying healthy but if they can find a way to just kind of get back to that 13 win season that they had two of in a row the Ravens are really scary. And so when we talk about competitors for the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills, I don't feel like the Ravens are you know the front of people's minds. It's because Lamar has not been there. So if he could put together a healthy season, if Todd Munkin can find a way to maybe integrate some receivers in a different way other than Mark Andrews, I think Baltimore is one of the scariest teams in the NFL who Noah's talking about because their quarterback has been a storyline with nothing to do all on the field. I'll throw out a couple teams at you that I think have just – the benefit of division and it's two quarterbacks from the same division, Jared Goff, Kirk cousins, those two guys, I I think both big seasons for both of them and big expectations for Minnesota is not a new thing for Detroit. It is a new thing. Um, We'll see. I mean, I think maybe the best talent quarterback in that league is Justin Fields, but he just Mm -hmm. doesn't have in that division, I should say, but he just doesn't have much around him. So I think, one of those guys may have a good year and lead their team to a good record, if for no other reason, because they're going to bank a lot of in-division wins. So that sure. would be my answer on it. Speaking of quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield. He's on, I think this is his 733rd team <laughs> in 734 years in college. <laughs> uh, but he's in a new team now. He's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kyle Trask is right there breathing down his neck as the backup. I don't know how good Kyle Trask is. But I know that this has got to be Baker's last chance. Do you feel like uh, Baker's going to latch on with his last chance here in Tampa Bay? I hope so. Baker's a lot of fun when he's got it rolling. Uh, everyone obviously remembers his rookie season when he came in uh, and you know rattled off a couple of wins, and then you know his second year went in the playoff game uh, for Cleveland. You know Baker's fun whenever when things are going the right direction. This is his fourth team in a year. Uh, a cal- you know, we're going by the calendar, right? Not a not a football season, but this is his fourth team in a calendar year. 
uh, that he's now landed on in Tampa Bay. I would say it's probably his best situation so far. Tampa Bay's expectations, unlike Cleveland, are very, very low. Is anyone out there saying, you know, who's going to make the playoffs this year? It's going to be the Buccaneers. Nobody. Nobody is saying that. Uh, so the expectations are low, unlike Cleveland. You talk about the talent disparity that he had at Carolina. That team did not have a lot on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball, especially along the line. Uh, so that was not great. And then the Rams were throwing out a JV team last year because everyone got hurt and they just kind of quit and, you know, uh, you know, fold up the tent and went home. So as far as Tampa goes, a lot of the guys who won the Super Bowl a few years ago are still there with Tom Brady. They're not the same players they were when they made that title run. So I don't want to say that, you know, you know uh, Baker Mayfield's taking charge of a Super Bowl caliber roster. He's not. But those guys are still there. They still have a pretty good defense. They still have a pretty good offensive line. And Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know, it's about as good of a one-two punch as you can ask for at this stage. So for Baker, I mean, there's no more excuses, right? Like if you were coming into those other situations, uh, the Panthers, Cleveland, and the Rams, you could come up with, Cleveland had too much pressure on them. They folded, right? Carolina didn't have enough talent, and the Rams were just kind of lose, trying to lose football games. Baker might have some juice left. If he can't come into Tampa Bay and be competitive, if he can't put together good game after good game, doesn't need to be superstar-level stuff, I I think this could be the end. I, I think landing at Tampa was the most interesting storyline for Baker because the team is good enough that he should be good. Again, not great, but he should be good. And if he's not... It kind of gives us our answers on what he is as an NFL quarterback, but it also gives him the opportunity to prove that those other situations had nothing to do with him, right? And that he's always been a capable NFL quarterback. It's just been the, the changing cogs around him on the outside. So I think Baker is a really compelling storyline this year, especially early of what he can do. I think there's a lot of pressure on him. I think the same thing goes with Baker that goes with Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. I think it's a division where it could be theirs for the taking. If you're Tampa Bay, like you, you can win that division. Yeah. Uh, if you win enough in division games, if you take advantage of those matchups, I don't think New Orleans, Atlanta, or uh, Carolina's blowing anybody uh, away with their talent <laughs> level right now. So yeah. I think that's a division where he can be successful. And it will be interesting to see how he does down in Tampa. It certainly does feel like it's his last chance uh, a little bit this year. Speaking of uh, local. Let's talk about the, I guess you would say in Oklahoma City, these are the two local NFL teams. The Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs. I saw ESPN did a simulation where they simulated all 285 regular season games, right? Yeah. Now, first of all, the best part about the NFL is those simulations are very rarely correct, and usually they're really wrong on a couple teams. But sure. I thought it was pretty interesting they had the Chiefs at 13 and 4 and the Cowboys at 4 and 13. I know, right? A, wow. A, right off the bat, the one that jumps off the screen at you. Let's talk about the Cowboys first. Could it get that bad for the Cowboys? Do they have enough to challenge Philly in an NFC East? Or are we looking more at the Cowboys need to worry about challenging the Giants for second place in the division? Yeah, so I, the Cowboys. Uh, you know, we had the conversation about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I said, there's a lot more factors here that no one's talking about because everyone's obsessed with the quarterback element of it. There's a lot of things that could go wrong that have nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. Dallas, I feel totally different on because last year they got picked on a lot in the secondary opposite of Trayvon Diggs, right? Well, they go out and they get Stephon Gilmore in a trade. I, for years, have been clamoring that Tony Pollard is more talented than Ezekiel Elliott at this stage in their career. He should be getting more carries. Zeke walks away. Tony Pollard takes over the mantle. The offensive line looks like it's going to be pretty good. They go out and get Brandon Cooks to put opposite of C.D. Lamb. 
there's not a lot of holes on this team, uh, right? Like they're, they're not great at linebacker, but if you're going to pick one place to be bad, that would be the place uh, as linebacker, but their defensive line is going to be ridiculous, right? Their secondary is going to be really, really talented. I think it just falls on Dak and, and Dak kind of in a joking way earlier in this preseason hit the nail on the head of I'm going to have less than 10 interceptions this year. He was a turnover machine last year. He was. And is that because his receivers weren't any good? Is that because he was thrown into tight windows? Was that Kellen Moore's offense? Was that bad situations? I don't know. I, I, I saw a lot of Dak Prescott that I wasn't totally in love with a season ago of him trying to fit balls into places that just didn't need to be there. And he says that statement, Todd, and what does he do? That next day, he goes to practice and he throws two interceptions to Trayvon Diggs. I'm not saying practice is everything. I'm not doing my Allen Iverson impersonation. But Dallas does just come down to Dak. If Dak and this offense can take care of the ball, if they can give their explosive guys like Tony Pollard uh, and C.D. Lamb opportunities, that defense is good enough to win them games 24-21. to 21. It is. And so if they cannot give the defense poor field position, if they can have drives that are at least – you know, vaguely uh, running some time off the clock. Unlike last year, Dallas is lethal, but it is just Dak. I think Dak is the only X factor outside of injury, like for every team, but outside of injury, Dak is the only X factor for this team. Well, there's there's two things you have to have to win close games, and there's a lot of close games in the NFL. You got to have good coaching, and you got to have good, solid quarterback play. Yeah. And I, you know, I think there are always going to be detractors on Mike McCarthy. The guys won a Super Bowl. How much of that was Aaron Rodgers? How much of that was Mike McCarthy? I have my opinion on it, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't think it was very much Mike for, for <laughs> my money's worth. But, um, you know, it, I'll just say this. If they go 4-13, and 13, Mike McCarthy ain't the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, probably even when the season ends next year. Sure. And here's the ironic part about the ESPN simulation. They've got the Cowboys going 4-13. and 13. The other 4-13 and 13 team tied for worst record in the league is the Cardinals. They play each other in week three. And imagine if Caleb Williams could go to either the Arizona Cardinals and replace Kyler Murray or go to the Dallas Cowboys, maybe with Lincoln Riley coming with them, which would be oh the most gosh. amazing thing ever. I mean, I promise you, if the Cowboys are that bad, that's going to be talked about. Let's talk about the Chiefs, who uh, ESPN predicts them to go 13-4. and four. They're obviously going to be a favorite to repeat as Super Bowl champs this year. Is it asking too much to just expect the Chiefs to keep doing it year after year after year? No, I, I no. Uh, I I'm going to believe in Kansas City. I'm going to believe in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid until they just prove to me they can't. I had I've had this shtick for a long time. Give me Alabama or Georgia to win the national championship, and back when Tom Brady was still a Patriot, give me the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, and I'll just be wrong half the time and right half the time, and that's okay with me. That's kind of how I feel about Kansas City right now. It's like I'm just going to keep picking them to win the Super Bowl every other year. I probably will be wrong, but that's okay because every other year I'm also going to be right about predict, predicting the Super Bowl. Kansas City, though, is pushing the envelope here. I, I, I love Kansas City. I love Patrick Mahomes. But I can't help get a little skeptical, Todd. The Chris Jones holdout is bizarre. He you know, basically saying, I'm going to come back. I think he said week eight. Like, I'm, I'm just going to sit out. The maximum he can sit out is 11 weeks. He picked this weird, like, two-thirds model. I don't totally know why. But, you know, I'm going to sit out the first seven weeks just because. Uh, you know, I want a new contract. And then they're also really stretching this we don't need a receiver thing. Like, they're like – they had Tyree Kill. They traded him away. You know, they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. They had Marcus Vettel-Scantling last year. And, like, they're plugging these holes with these, you know, NFL journeymen almost. This year, I mean, it's Sky Moore, who they took in the second round, and Rasheed Rice, you know, Kadarius Toney, who plays three games a year. Like, 
they are really putting a lot of pressure on their wide receiving, on Patrick Mahomes to make their wide receiving core competent. And now a guy dealing with a knee injury in Travis Kelsey. So again, I believe in the Chiefs. I will always believe in the Chiefs. I will always think they're very good until they prove to me they're not. But as far as preseasons and question marks, this is the longest list they've had in a very long time. And I am really concerned if Travis Kelsey's knee is actually injured, what does that passing offense look like when there's not one person that the defense is scared of? And how good can Patrick Mahomes make everybody around him? I, I think pretty good. But, man, that's asking a lot of one guy. Let's start with the NFC, Chisholm. Uh, let's predict some division winners as we get ready for week one of the uh, NFL season starting on Thursday night this week. Let's go on the NFC West. Where do you see this division shaking out? 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, uh, Brock Purdy. That whole quarterback situation has been bizarre with Trey Lance being traded to the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. The Seahawks, can they find lightning in a bottle second year in a row with Geno Smith? So the 49ers are... Uh, a really, really interesting team. And I think I could do like a two-hour podcast about San Francisco and nothing to do with on the field. By the way, shout out to Nick Bosa who got paid today. Uh, I could do a, a two-hour podcast because they talk more about last season than any team, right? They, they, they just can't – I mean, they can't stop talking about last season and the quarterback injuries they had. Kyle Shanahan, who is a, a, an offensive guru, man, that guy has a playbook. There's no doubt about it. But now it's like, I don't know if you've read some of these reports, but like behind the scenes telling media members that he thinks he likes Sam Darnold more than Brock Purdy. And it, this guy can't make up his mind on a quarterback. There's a lot of things going on in San Francisco that have nothing to do with playing the game on Sundays. So I'm a little hesitant. They also deal with injuries a lot. And uh, I, I don't think that's a, uh, a bad luck thing. I think there's some things going on in San Francisco of why they deal with injuries a lot. I go watch the NFC Championship game where Kyle Shanahan has the backup tight end coming from the left side to the right side of the offensive line trying to block Hassan Reddick one-on-one. That's never going to work. That's that's why your quarterback got hurt. So Kyle Shanahan has a knack for getting his Q QB injured. I'm not saying you know it might be bad luck, but that seems like a scheme thing to me. I, I'm just going to bet this is one of those years. Kyle Shanahan is just now, this, this offseason is the first time that he's been five games above 500 in his coaching career going into the next year. He's always floated around 500, big high years and then just terrible cratering years where they're down at five or six wins. I think we're going to see them come back down to earth a little bit here. The QB stuff is a little too sketchy. So I like Seattle, the consistency of Pete Carroll, year over year, a little bit again, the Mike Tomlin model. Uh, they just aren't terrible. They just refuse to be. I like their wide receiving core. Their offensive line got a whole heck of a lot better a year ago. And bringing back Bobby Wagner on the defense gives you a little bit of hope that unit can improve as well. So in a year where I think maybe San Francisco takes a step back that no one sees coming, I'll take the underdog in Seattle. All right, so you like Seattle. Uh, so do I, but I can't pick them because of the fail Mary game, so give me the 49ers. <laughs> let's blow through the two kind of not very interesting divisions in the NFC. Uh, let's go with the NFC North. I, I'm going to take the Vikings to win this one. I know the Lions are kind of the, the uh, trendy pick, but I take the Vikings to win the North. And in the South, I mean, I guess I'm going to go with the – I'm, I'll go the Falcons, I guess. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like, I guess one team has to win it, so give me the Falcons. Yeah. What about those two divisions quickly, Chisholm? I'll go quickly. Uh, the North is impossible. I have no earthly idea. Uh, I think it's interesting that Minnesota won 13 games last year, if I'm not mistaken, and their win total this year in Vegas is 8.5. That is like monster regression. So I don't know what Vegas knows that I don't. So I'll go with Green Bay. I'll go with the Packers. Uh, I, I just like the talent on defense. I, I think that di I think that division is going to be very ugly, and it's just going to be a race to 500, and Green Bay's schedule is pretty soft. 
so I'll go Green Bay just because I don't know who else to pick. And I'm, I'm scared that Vegas knows something I don't. Uh, and then in the South, I'll go with New Orleans. Normally when there's a division like this where it feels like they're all terrible, give me the best quarterback and coach combo. Does not exist in this division, so I guess just give me the best quarterback. Uh, and Derek Carr, Bryce Young looks like they don't have a whole lot around them. I, the Falcons stuff. Uh, I like B. John Robinson there for my fantasy football teams. I don't care about B. John Robinson there and trying to win games this year. Uh, so I'll just take New Orleans and the Saints with Derek Carr and uh, Chris Olave to get me there. You can just give me a nod. We're both picking the Eagles in the East, right? Yeah, I think so. Eagles, okay. Eagles schedule's tough, but I would take Philadelphia. Okay. Okay, and I agree with you. I would take the Eagles in the East as well. So I'll just end on this question. In the NFC, now that Aaron Rodgers is out of the picture, what team do you think is the biggest uh, threat to the Eagles getting back to a second straight Super Bowl? I See, I think that's a loaded question, Todd. Um, regular season, I, I am a little concerned about Dallas because I think they could be a juggernaut. Um, and so if Dallas does get home field advantage in the number one overall seed, that's a big deal. Uh, and that makes the playoff run a little bit harder. Now to your point about Mike McCarthy, I don't know if I'm worried about Mike McCarthy and Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs, but they could make the path for the Eagles a little bit more tough. San Francisco is obviously a big one as well, but I, Todd, honestly, being a little bit of a homer here, I guess, man, barring injury and, and if injury gets thrown in for any team, uh, you know, it's just part of it, but barring injury. I don't know if there's really anybody I'm that scared of. I, I, I'm not worried about Dallas in the playoffs because of Mike McCarthy. I'm not worried about San Francisco because uh, I just I feel a big regression coming from them. Maybe Seattle. I, my big fear is that, again, Dallas wins the division, and now the Eagles have to go on three straight road trips right, to try to march their way back to the Super Bowl, the path being the problem, maybe not the opponent on the other side. Let's uh, let's go to the AFC. Let's start in the AFC West. I think we both predict the Chiefs. I mean, if you're predicting the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, you obviously predict them to win the division. Uh, but could there be a second playoff team out of that division? Will it cannibalize itself? Could Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson lead the Chargers of the Broncos to the playoffs? I'll believe Russell Wilson when I see it. Last year was terrible. Um, and it didn't look much better in the preseason. Uh, the offensive line didn't look much better in the preseason. Uh, the Chargers are just, I mean, just tantalizing, aren't they, man? Like, it. They got Austin Eckler, who's a fun player to watch, and, and obviously he's a big name in fantasy. Keenan Allen is a guy who I've loved to watch forever, Mike Williams. But Brandon Staley, just a guy who I liked a whole lot when he was a defensive coordinator at the Rams and his like ultra-aggressive, unconventional blitzes. I was like, oh, this guy's kind of like you know the up-and-coming defensive coordinator that we see on the offensive side, right? Like, oh, man, no one's seen a playbook like this before. He's doing it on the defensive side. How fun. Man, he's mismanaged a lot of games. Uh, and then he was like the ultimate analytics guy. And then last year he got really conservative and like the pendulum swung all the other way. So truthfully, I, I, and I think the Raiders are going to be terrible. Uh, maybe the Chargers. And that's the only team I can kind of get there with. I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I'm, I, you know me. I'm not uh, not sad about Russell Wilson struggling. I hope that continues. <laughs> uh, the NFC South sure. is pretty boring again. Um, the whole Jonathan Taylor Colts thing is interesting. I don't think there's really like a good quarterback in the NFC South. I, Trevor Lawrence, I guess, would be, but I'm with you. I don't okay. like what they offer defensively. I mean, I think I'm still going to lean on the Titans to win the South. I don't know about you, uh, Chisholm. Yeah, I think the Jacksonville is going to be the heavy pick here uh, for a lot of people. And everybody knows I'm a Doug EP guy. I love Doug Peterson a whole lot. Um, but no, I would go Tennessee. I like uh, Mike Vrabel. I, I think as much of a knucklehead as he can be sometimes that dude is obviously just got a knack for winning football games in unconventional ways. Ryan Tannehill coming back is a big deal. He's a whole heck of a lot better than Josh Dobbs, who they played in a playoff game last year. 
I like Tennessee. I like Derrick Henry. I, I like the fact they brought in DeAndre Hopkins and didn't try to fool themselves and thinking they were going to replace replace AJ Brown with with you know scrap piles. So I'm going to go Tennessee in that division. It wouldn't shock me if Jacksonville won, but I'm just going to give it to the best coach. Sounds like you like the Ravens in the North. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm going to take Baltimore. Uh, you know, the thing with making NFL playoff picks, this is not like college football. We don't see the same teams every year. Uh, the math says that 55% of teams who made it the year before don't make it back. So when you pick your, hey, who's going to make the NFL playoffs, half the teams aren't going to be there that were the year, the year before. So you kind of have to pick some upsets. So I'm going to go with Baltimore to win this division. Yeah, I, I, I don't hate that pick. Um, the Bengals are interesting because you know, are. Joe, Joe Burrow's about to get paid. How will that change for them? with the way their roster set up over the next three or four years. It might affect Joe Mixon as well in his future with the Bengals. So yeah. uh, this is a pretty interesting year for the Bengals. And then the AFC East, which is going to be the most interesting conference, with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, which are going to get all kinds of publicity, Josh Allen and the Bills, who have been so close and not gotten over the top. You've got Tua coming off of the concussion issues last year. And then you've got the Patriots, who signed Ezekiel Elliott and are always interesting because Bill Belichick's kind of the ultimate wild card. How do you see that division shaking out? The Patriots defense is going to be very good. Um, I think the Jets are going to be all over the place. I don't know why, but I just just don't love Miami. The Jalen Ramsey injury obviously is a big deal where he's going to miss some significant time. I've said this now for a year, and I'm feeling a little bit more validated every playoff run, Todd. I think Buffalo and Josh Allen, they might just be like the Houston Rockets and James Harden. Like, I think they could, you know, win 13 games, but every time the playoffs come around, it's like, well, you know, this one thing went wrong that we couldn't control and it all just went bad and it's not our fault we lost in the second round or we lost in the first round. It feels like they've had a few of those up since they lost the AFC Championship game and that seven seconds field goal play from Kansas City. Ever since then, they just have just melted in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the Bills to win the division because I think the regular season is not their problem. I think it's the postseason, uh, but that does not mean I like the Bills to win the Super Bowl because I don't. Super Bowl rematch? Is that what you're predicting? Chiefs Eagles? It's the easiest I think everyone, out there. But see, here, do you see anybody making it? Because I feel like everyone no, doesn't want to no, like. But I, th- but I think that goes to what you said. I think a lot of people want to be cute. I think Chiefs right. Eagles is kind of the obvious pick. It is. Like, I, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles fan. I'll wear it, you know, whatever. Y'all call me a homer, but that's cool. But like, Every every analyst I hear talk about who's going to make the Super Bowl, they say, you know, Kansas City is the best team in the AFC and, and the NFC is really weak and, and Philadelphia has a loaded roster. But I'm going to go with the Bengals and the 49ers. You know, it's it's because you don't want to pick the same thing. And I get that. Like, I, I, I totally get I that. What and Super Bowl rematches are rare. But. It's given big Texas Tech to the college football playoff energy, and we know how that <laughs> turned out last week right. for the Red Raiders. Uh, all right, right. Chisholm, before, before we let you go uh, – Give us some fantasy football sleepers. Who are some guys that most fantasy football drafts have already happened, but the ones that haven't sure. are happening, uh, you know, hours before games get started. And there might be some guys that you find on the waiver wire soon. So who are some fantasy yeah. football sleepers this year? Also, a lot of people play daily fantasy. Who should guys be looking for? Yeah. Uh, first round running backs drafted in the top 15 have ended in the top 10 of fantasy running backs 78% of the time. So give me Bijan Robinson and give me Jameer Gibbs because when GMs draft guys in unconventional positions high, they give them the ball. I'm not saying those guys are going to be electric. I'm just saying they're going to have a lot of touches. Uh, so give me rookie running backs. I, I don't want to go down the Deshaun Watson rabbit hole here, but Amari Cooper had a great year last year. I, I don't know why he wouldn't again here. Uh, just because they brought in a, a nice little slot receiver. So I like him at the value that he's going at. Calvin Ridley uh, with the Jaguars, another guy who 
uh, similar to some guys that Doug Peterson has used in the past, past who I think could be successful. Biggest one and for you, though. Be, wouldn't it be quite a deal if Calvin Ridley made people money on DraftKings this year? It'd be quite a <laughs> deal. You know, if I'm going to gamble on somebody, Todd, it's going to be Calvin right, right, Ridley for sure. Right. Uh, and finally, a local guy. I think Jalen Warren might be the starter in Pittsburgh by the end of the year. He was so much better than Najee Harris last season, and they're going to give Najee the ball early. But I think Jalen Warren could be the starter in Week 17. All right, Chisholm, uh, I appreciate you joining me. We will check back in there in the uh, NFL season. For those people wondering, you you uh, were on the radio. You worked with me at the franchise for a long time. Tell people what you're up to now, how you're doing. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you asking. I uh, work for Duncan Public Schools. I'm the communications coordinator. Uh, so I help with some of their uh, live streaming for their athletic events, uh, a little bit of PR work here and there, some social media and some website stuff, man. It's a lot of fun. I mostly get to spend a lot more time with the kiddo and the wife, which is great. You've been an outlaw and a demon, right? I have. I have. And a, and a cho. I was a cho in between there. That's true. I was That's a Bronco. True. Yeah, come on now. Well, I appreciate it, Chisholm. Thanks to everyone for checking out the Todd Pod Episode 7. Uh, go bet all of our NFL picks, and if you lose, blame Chisholm or something like that. <laughs> Don't forget yeah. to like, subscribe, uh, give us the five-star rating, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. If you hate us, tell your enemies. We're on YouTube. You can find me at ToddLizenby.com. You can find me on Spotify on uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So go like and subscribe. And until next time, thanks for listening to the Todd Pod. Mm-hmm.